Good morning, everyone. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. And Pastor Sam, it looks like everybody got an extra hour of sleep, doesn't it? So uh, I wanted to let you know that we are going to have a drive-through communion for those that are watching online. That is from 5 to 6 in the portico. We'd love to see you if you can make it. Uh, the United Methodist Women, they are having a luncheon on November 9th. Uh, Sarah Ellis is going to be the speaker. It's Nancy Smith's great niece. She's going to be talking about the work she does in Honduras. She's currently on furlough, uh, but she's going back in September. She works with an advocacy center for women and girls in crisis. So make your reservations by Friday at noon. You can contact Shelby Smith. And if you're listening to this and you have no idea what United Methodist Women, uh, you don't know what that is, sign up for the lunch. You will love it. You will have a great time, and you will meet some great people at that luncheon. Our kids and youth have been meeting uh, for several months now. We meet outside um, for youth and kids on Wednesday nights. If it's raining or cold, we're inside. So let your kids and youth know to join us. And this is a big announcement. We are continuing our Thanksgiving bags that we do every year. This church has done an awesome job helping the Salvation Army every year with that. Um, we have bags at all the doors here of the church, so just come by. If you're watching online, come by and get a Thanksgiving bag, fill it up for the Salvation Army, and bring it back. And we have those doors here, and we have those at the doors here today as well. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can worship together today. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. On All Saints Sunday, I invite you to stand together as we sing him 711 for all the saints. Thank you. 
remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. take your seats. I want to invite our children to join uh, Miss Catherine over here by the door for Children's Church. They always have a great time and it's wonderful how they get to do with the Children's Church. I'm so glad that you're here today. I just add my welcome to Pastor Andy's welcome to you. Whether you're watching with us online, if you're watching with us online, put something in the comments and let us know that you're there. We like going back and seeing who is worshiping with us online and today is a special Sunday all ch all Sundays are special but today's extra special because we have um, Holy Communion we'll be uh, receiving later on and because today is All Saints Sunday what we are going to do and what we do every year is we remember in a very special way the members of our church family who have joined the great cloud of witness witnesses since this time last year that's the way that we remember them uh, and we light a candle over to my left and to your right is our uh, candle table and the pillar candle represents all the saints and we uh, we remember the light that they shined out during their life and then the smaller candles we will light each one for uh, for each member of our church who has passed since last year. So as I call their name out in just a moment, um, I would like to, if, you, if there's a member of the family uh, that wants to come, to come and get one of the candle lighters from the, the first vessel that you see there. Light your candle lighter from the pillar, white pillar candle, and then light... Um, a candle in memory of your loved one. We have uh, 12 candles that we'll, we'll be lighting this year, and so um, I would ask you to do that. In just a little bit, uh, right after we do that, we have something special for you to see. We have a slideshow of, of pictures that people have sent in for us, and while we are doing that, we're going to be singing a hymn together. Now, as we are singing that hymn, and as the slideshow plays, anyone else who is here today and would like to come forward and light a candle for any loved one that you have uh, on your heart today, you are invited to do that as we uh, sing this next hymn. But right now, um, I, will, I will call the names out, and uh, Barbara and Mark are going to, to be helping and if, if you need any help, they will assist you. And also they will uh, light a candle for anyone who doesn't have a family member here today. So um, these are the saints that we remember in a special way today. Ormond Grimes, Jr. Kathy Overton Barbara S. 
Johnson. Sherba Edwards Griffin. Larry Grimes. Chris Harris. Adrian Chandler. Delith Reeves. Sydney Nelson Gardner. James Kelly Jim Bennett. James Douglas Martin, Jr., Doug. Mary Rowan Freeman. I want to invite at this time uh, those of you who are worshiping with us at home if you uh, have a loved one you would like to remember go and find a candle and right there where you are at home uh, light your candle and join us this all saints day as we remember those whose lives have touched ours and impacted us in such a tremendous way let us pray god for all the saints who from their labors rest we give you thanks our hearts are filled with memories. Our hearts are a little bit heavy today, too, as we think about the time we'll be separated from them. But we know that they are a part of that great cloud of witnesses that even now is with us as we think of them. We remember them and we keep alive their spirit as, as we live the rest of our lives. They've finished their race Lord and we're still running ours so they cheer us on give us strength and may our hearts ever be full of thanks 
for all the saints in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, as we sing our next hymn, and that hymn will be number 618, Let Us Break Bread Together. I want you to enjoy the slideshow that was put together um, uh, from pictures that were sent in. And as we sing and as the slideshow plays, anyone else who is here today who wants to come over and, and light a candle is welcome to do so. The hymn is number 618. Let us break bread together.
My father's gone to glory, I want to go there too. Lord, I want to live up yonder in bright mansions above. In bright mansions above. In bright mansions above. Thank you very much, JT and Trish, that beautiful song. As we have our prayer, um, before I bring the message today, we are remembering some special things. First, we are uh, remembering all of you with thankful hearts as you continue to support your church by, by giving of your tithes and offerings. And I will remind you uh, in just a little bit, we'll have uh, communion together. And if you can, uh, at some point in the service, leave an offering on, if you're able to, and God makes you able and leads your heart that way, to leave an offering on the altar rail for our communion offering. All of that goes to help um, people in our community who come to us and ask us for help, our, our own local missions. And if you at home are remembering that and you want to send a communion offering in, that would be wonderful too or if you come to our drive-through communion from five to six this evening. And then the other thing that I want to remember in our prayer um, before I bring the word today is uh, this is a, a special request for prayer of United Methodists in North Alabama from our bishop, Bishop Deborah Wallace Pageant. Um, and as you know, unless you've been living under a rock somewhere. We have an election coming up Tuesday. And we, I hope you've already been praying, but we are going to have special prayer today. And we will be praying for the people who are on the ballot and for those who are elected and for those as they transition in or out. But more importantly, we will be praying that we will treat each other in a way that reflects Jesus Christ. Because more important than whom you vote for is how you treat your neighbor even if they vote uh, for someone different. Uh, John Wesley, back in 1774, wrote this in his journal about the election that they were having at the time. He wrote, I met with those of our society who had votes in the ensuing election, and I advised them, this is John Wesley's advice in 1774, to vote without fee or reward for the person they judged most worthy. Number two, to speak no evil of the person they voted against. And number three, to take care of their spirits that they were not sharpened against those who voted on the other side. What great advice coming all the way to us from 1774 that we need to apply in 2020. Will you join me as we pray? God, we've already bowed before you with thankful hearts for those um, saints who have gone on before us who finished the course and who've won the victory. We are thankful also for those who are gathered here today to remember your body broken for us and your blood shed for us as we celebrate communion together. We're thankful for all the ways that we give, whether financially or through volunteering our time and our talents. 
and we are thankful that we live in this community and in this nation that we are able to vote in free and fair elections and during this divisive and rancorous time Lord we as followers of Jesus Christ we as United Methodists in North Alabama we pray today for those persons who are on the ballot during this election season that as they finish their campaigning and await the election results that they would have peace of heart and mind we pray for those persons who are elected to lead our nation and our state we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide them we pray for the transitions for any leaders who will be entering or exiting public office and we pray Lord we pray for the discourse about the elections that it might be civil that it might be respectful in the halls of government in our schools at work and in our churches and we pray Lord that we might embody the rules for voting that the founder of our denomination John Wesley spoke that we would take care of our hearts and our spirits that they wouldn't be sharpened against people who disagree with us now as we worship together may you open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as your word is proclaimed it might find its home in us in Christ's name Amen the scripture today comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 2 through 13 I invite you to follow along I think the words are going to be up on the screen there for you join me at home if you can grab a Bible and we'll be reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 where Paul writes these words you yourselves know brothers and sisters that our coming to you was not in vain but though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated in Philippi as you know we had courage and our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition for our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel even so we speak not to please mortals but to please God who tests our hearts as you know and as God is our witness we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed nor did we seek praise from mortals whether from you or from others though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ but we were gentle among you like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children so deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our very selves because you have become very dear to us you remember our labor and toil brothers and sisters we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God you are witnesses and God also how pure upright and blameless our conduct was toward you believers as you know we dealt with each one of you like a father with his children urging and encouraging and pleading that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory we also constantly give thanks to God for this that when you received the word of God that you heard from us you accepted it not as human word but as what it really is God's word which is also at work in you believers the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God I'm so excited as we enter a season of Thanksgiving I don't think of Thanksgiving as as being just one day I think of a season of Thanksgiving I love the fall of the year I love I was telling 
Nan earlier. My favorite color is color orange, and you see why Nan and I get along so well today. I love orange pumpkins. I love the orange leaves. I love the fall of the year. I love the season of Thanksgiving, and I'm excited that we are entering this new theme for the whole month of November that we're doing everything with a thankful heart. That's our theme for November, with a thankful heart, everything we do. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, are you sure you want us to say with a thankful heart? I mean, we have broken hearts, we have fearful hearts, we have weary hearts, we're so tired. Are you sure you want to say thankful? Are you sure you want us to do everything with a thankful heart? Absolutely yes, I'm sure. Because despite of everything that we've been through in 2020, and we've been through a lot, despite all of that, we always have something for which to be thankful. Amen? Amen. Yes. Now, on top of that, there are some just practical reasons why we should be thankful. I was reading an article the other day from uh, a website, positivepsychology.com, and it was written earlier in the year, but it was all about the benefits, the benefits of being a thankful person, of having a thankful heart. It turns out that people who are thankful are just happier people. You know that. I know that. It makes sense. They have a greater sense of well-being. They, they have more positive energy, more positive emotions. They have better self-esteem. Socially speaking... Thankful people are the people that you want to be around. You don't want to be around old negative Ned and negative Nelly. You want to be around people that are grateful, right? They make better friends. And, and listen, romantically speaking, all you single people out there listening to my voice today, you're going to get more dates if you're a thankful person. Forget eHarmony.com. Someone needs to do ThankfulHearts.com. And if you do that, I expect royalties because you heard it here from me, from Pastor Sam first. Thankful people are just more fun to be around. Thankful people do better in their jobs. They're, they're more creative. Thankful people, grateful people, uh, their careers are going to go better because they're better managers. They're better decision makers. They're just, they're grateful for the work, as Jason Isbell sings about. They're grateful for the work. Thankful people. I haven't even mentioned all of the physical and psychological and emotional benefits of being a thankful person, having a thankful heart. And I haven't even scratched the surface of the spiritual benefits of being a thankful person. This article that I read didn't talk about that because it was a secular article. It talked about increased spirituality or whatever. But I'm just telling you today, you will be closer to God if you have a thankful heart. Now, how is that for a benefit? What do you think about that? All Saints Sunday, Communion Sunday, is all about remembering with a thankful heart. And those two go together. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions for you this morning, just to consider, for you at home to consider. Um, and just real simple. One is, whom do we remember? Whom do we remember? Now, we have family members, of course, that we remember, those who've passed on. This past Wednesday would have been my dad's birthday, and I spent a lot of time thinking about my dad and remembering him. We have friends. We have, we have uh, lit candles this, this morning for people whom we remember, people that we love, our church family and our friends and our family. We light candles, and we're thankful for their lives. But I mean, I'm talking about more in general today. I'm talking about in a general, general way. Who is it that gets remembered who is, as uh, Nat King Cole used to sing, unforgettable? Who is unforgettable? And I say, besides friends and family, besides people that we're just going to remember anyway, we remember people who treat us special. That's who sticks in our memory. The people that, that show us a special kind of hospitality that make us feel like we're somebody. 
And when I say hospitality, I'm not talking about just the, just the kind of southern way that we, we say bless your heart and, and, you know, and then <laughs> stab you in the back or whatever. You know, I'm talking about real, real biblical hospitality. I could give you so many examples. I just don't have time to name them all this morning. But I think about Abraham in Genesis chapter 18 when Abraham was camped out at the Oaks of Mamre. And he saw three strangers come up, and he didn't know they were angels at the time. He didn't know them. they were going to tell him that his wife Sarah was going to have a baby. He didn't know any of that. He just ran out to greet them. He said, come and sit under the shade tree. It's hot out here. Let me wash your feet. Let me wash your feet. And here... Let me get you something to eat. He gave him some bread, and then he had an animal from his herd killed, and the servants prepared it, and they had a barbecue right there. And he treated these people like they were special. They were strangers to him, but he treated them like friends. And that's one of the greatest definitions of hospitality that I know. Hospitality is treating strangers as if they're friends. And you know that when it happens to you. You remember it when somebody treats you like that. The Thessalonians were thankful in their hearts for, for Paul and for Timothy and for Silvanus. Because when Paul and Timothy and the company were with the Thessalonians, he said, we worked hard when we were with you. We didn't want to be a burden on you. So we worked hard when we were among you. And not only did we do that, but we presented the gospel of God to you. We, we gave you the greatest good news that anybody could ever hear, that God loves you and that Jesus died for your sins. And listen to what Paul says. When I read this earlier, did you catch this? He said, when we were among you guys, we treated you as tenderly and as gently as a mother who's nursing her own child. And then he said, we treated you like a good father does, his children, encouraging you to do your best. And then when you had success, we celebrated it just like it was our own victory. We were like family to you, and we treated you like you were family to us. Let me just ask you, if you're, if you're at home or here, do you have people that you're not related to by blood but they treated you like you were a member of their family they were a second mom to you they were a sister or a brother to you they might even be a crazy aunt to you but they treated you like you were family those are the people that are unforgettable those are the people that you remember and when you see somebody that treats you that way when you have somebody that maybe even a stranger to you that treats you like you're a member of the family you never forget it. It doesn't just change you when it happens to you. It can change the way you think when you see someone else treat somebody with hospitality. I'll tell you what happened to me several years ago when I was serving at another church and we were trying to hire a youth director. We were interviewing people and people sent their resumes and everything. And I had lunch one day with this young man who was applying for the job he had absolutely no experience as a youth director. But we had lunch, and I really enjoyed talking with him. He had a very interesting life, had a, a lot of life experience, a lot of work experience. He just didn't have any experience being a youth director. And for that reason, as I was driving back home, I was thinking, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. Jury's still out on this guy, you know. So the next day, I was working in the study at home, and um, into my driveway at the parsonage pulled this old van. And I, I can picture it in my mind. It was one of those that you just wondered how it even was going. It was held together by chewing gum and bailing wire, if you know what I'm saying. Smoke coming out of the back. Here it comes into my driveway. And I was thinking to myself, somebody's needing some help. Because the door opened and the guy that got out of the van looked about like the van. You know, chewing gum and bell and wire, holding him together too. He, had, he wasn't an old man, but he looked like he had lived some hard life. He had deep lines cut into his face even though he wasn't an old man. He had one of those long duck dynasty beards, you know, that's 
and his hair looked like it had not seen shampoo in a long, long time. It was pulled back and stuffed a dirty hat stuffed over the top of it, and he got out. And I'm going out to the meet him, and I'm thinking to myself, here comes somebody asking for help. Because the parsonage wasn't that far from the church. You could just about see it. And whenever someone came by the church looking for help in town, and they, there wasn't anybody at the church, they would make their way downhill to the parsonage is the way it worked, and it happened all the time. And so I introduced myself to him, and he introduced himself to me. And uh, it wasn't like I thought it was going to be at all. Instead of looking for help, he was there to offer help to me on behalf of somebody else. He said, um, did you meet yesterday with such and such? He mentioned the young man's name that I'd had lunch with. Is he, is he applying for a job at your church? I said, yes, he is. Why do you ask? Because all of a sudden I'm suspicious because I can tell you, and, and every pastor I know can tell you, that sometimes people think it's their given duty to come to the pastor and tell them all the bad things about somebody else. You know, they're not confessing their sins, they're confessing everybody else's sins. So I thought, he's fixing to tell me something bad about this guy, and so I'm kind of braced for that. Not that way at all. The opposite, in fact. He said not long ago that he and his wife and his, their small child were homeless. They were living on the street. They were living in that van I described to you earlier. And they ran into this young man. And they got to talking and he found out their story that the man had lost his job. They'd been evicted from uh, the house they were renting. They were basically had nowhere to go. He was trying to find work. And this young man who was applying for the youth director's job said, you know what, um, my wife and I just went through a divorce not long ago and I'm living in this house by myself and I'm really kind of lonely. We don't have any kids. Um, it would really help me out if you all would just kind of move into my spare bedroom and um, maybe we could help each other out until you get back on your feet, until you find a job and find a place, another place to live. And this man with this long beard standing in my driveway told me, I just wanted you to know that that's the kind of man who's applying for a job at your church. The kind of man that would take a stranger in and treat him like he was a friend. And then he got back in his van and he drove off in a cloud of smoke and I stood in my driveway and I felt like I was standing on holy ground. Well, long story short, I ended up hiring the guy. He, ended, he was a great youth director. <laughs> he was a, his only qualification, the only reason I hired him, his only qualification was hospitality. He was a great youth director, so good, in fact, that a bigger church stole him away from us. Don't get any ideas, Pastor Andy, it ain't happening, I'm telling you now. You're not going anywhere. Um, he knew how to treat people like they were special, right? Today, we remember this part, the, the part of the great cloud of witnesses, Part of the reason we remember them is because we love them. Part of the reason we love them is because they loved us and they treated us in a way that was memorable, that was unforgettable. We say, thank you, God, for their influence in our lives. Why do we remember Jesus when we, uh, when we take communion? Why, why is it that when we, we come and we remember his body broken for us, why is it that we remember him? Because before we ever loved Jesus, Jesus loved us. He loved us enough to, to give his life for us. We remember and we're thankful. In just a moment, we're going to, to receive communion and I just need to give you a couple of words of instruction about 
this particular way of, of doing communion because it's new. It's new to me. It's maybe new to you. Maybe you've done it this way before. You should have received um, one of these from the ushers as, as you came in. At this point, if you didn't get one of these, will you raise your hand so I can have uh, Pastor Annie or one of the ushers get you? We have one over here. Um, if if uh, the ushers can help get you one of these. And, okay. So while they're doing that, I'm gonna explain how, how these, these work. The top uh, layer, you peel back and you'll find um, the bread, a little wafer, and then you peel the next layer back after you receive that, and you, of course, have, have the juice. All right, and uh, so it's, it's two in one, so you'll have to peel twice. All right, so did everyone get one? All right. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, our Lord took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks to the Father and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Now let us pray. God, how thankful we are as we bow before you today for your blood shed for us, for your body broken for us. Pour out your spirit on us gathered here today. Pour out your spirit on these elements of bread and wine that they might be for us the body and blood of Christ, even as we are the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Today here in this sanctuary and, and wherever people are hearing the sound of my voice will you make us one with each other will you make us one with you in communion will you make us one in ministry to the whole world because as we go our separate ways today we need to be those encouragers we need to be the ones that are unforgettable uh, unforgettable in Jesus name we pray Amen. Um, I want you to carry two things with you today as you leave. One, of course, is to be thankful. Be thankful people. Have a thankful heart. The second is be unforgettable to somebody else. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all. Amen. Amen.